we have the privilege of doing something unique. Normally what I do on the Sunday is that we will open up the Bible together, we'll work through a passage, uh, we'll explore what that passage means for us in our life. And we are going to do that a little bit today, but uh, the next three weeks are kind of unique for us because what we are doing is we are talking through the vision for this church, where this church is going. And so uh, in order to do that or to introduce us to that, if you're new or uh, you're visiting with us, even if you've been coming the last two months, the last three months, uh, what you are going to discover is that uh, there is some context uh, for a process that we have been going through that we would like to bring you all in on, that we would like to make you aware of. So I can give you a little bit of a history lesson of this church in the recent years. So uh, in March 2021, the elders of this church came before the congregation and essentially said to the congregation, we can't stay the same. We can't stay the same. If we stay the same, if we do not change the way that we operate, if we do not uh, figure out how we become different as a church, then uh, we, we're not going to end up in a good place. Right? And so we were just looking at trends, trends regarding, I mean, the biggest, the, the most common trends that you hear people look at are attendance, you look at trends of money, but those things are symptoms of a broader reality. The biggest trend that our elders were looking at is that in this church, we did not see new spiritual life regularly occurring. And, and so... Our elders have considered that and have said, you know, that is something that we ought to see changed, right? That is something that we long to see changed, that, uh, that this would be a place of abundant life, that this would be a place where people are coming into relationship with Jesus and receiving the life that he has to offer because we believe that he has to offer it. And so, uh, so we came to the church and we said we can't stay as we are. So then in April of 2021, what we did is that we began a season of prayer and discovery. So we prayed together. We prayed. We set a once a month prayer meeting where we were going to gather. Uh, we brainstormed together some ideas about values that we have as a church that will make us compelling. We processed where do we go from here. And so we consulted our district leadership. We started praying together in this uh, prayer meeting. We went through surveys. We did these value discovery processes, all of this. And then through that process, the Lord clarified some next steps for us. One of those next steps is that we were going to continue investing in Crossroads, that Crossroads was a significant ministry for us, that we were actually located in schools where kids are, that kids, as we were in Crossroads, were coming to know Jesus and were receiving the new spiritual life that he has to offer. So we were going to keep doing that. Uh, One of the things that we said is we need to clarify the vision for our church. That, that many of the people who are part of this church just don't, like, we don't have a clarity of vision as to where we're going. And then the third next step that we said is, is that we are going to invest our energy into figuring out what it means for this church to become what is called a conversion community. Conversion community is a, a, a church where uh, as this church functions, every year you would see 10% of the people in that church who are new believers, people coming to Christ, that among us, we would say, see 10% of the people who call this church home are actually people who are new to Jesus, 
Right? That's something that we long to see because we long to be a church that would bring about new spiritual life in the community around us. So those are the next steps that we committed to. So then in January 2022, so this is now almost a year after we, the elders first came to the congregation, what we did is we presented some values. We said, these are some core values for us, hospitality, relationships, and transformation. These are kind of front and center. We have other values, but these are primary. We're going to lift these up to direct us into the future. And then the other thing that we did is we did this thing where we shared tables with each other. Right, so, so these core values, they are the key values that we need to engage to help us become who Jesus is calling us to be. They are the values that will lead us into becoming a conversion community, but then as a way of reinforcing those values, we adopted the process of intentionally sharing tables because we said that when Jesus sat down and met with people at tables, he extended hospitality to them and those people left that table differently than when they came there. He met with them and they changed, right? He ate with them and shared life with them and then something happened to them in meeting Jesus and experiencing his hospitality that they were radically transformed. And so we, we also implemented the weekly practice of communion here to remind us, all of us constantly, that Jesus is always inviting us to his table. He is always extending his hospitality to us because of his death and resurrection. He's always welcoming us into fellowship with himself through his own love and work on the cross for us. And so uh, we remembered that when we share tables that it's not just us that's going to that table and sitting down with people, but that Jesus is going with us as we sit there, which means that as we sit at tables with people, there's an opportunity for Jesus to meet with those people as we sit there. So, so all tables, all, uh, all of our tables are places where we said we're going to have some intentional conversation. We're going to be aware of opportunities for what the work that Jesus might want to do in that conversation and so we said we're going to share two kinds of tables. We're going to share in tables, and we're going to share out tables. In tables are those tables that we share with people who call this church their home. And out tables are tables that we share with people that we long to see introduced to Jesus. And so we set goals. Uh, we said that by August of 2022 that we would share 120 in tables and 80 out tables. And that, uh, that we would take those tables that we would reflect on how God showed up. So we see table-shaped ornaments inside this box up here. And on these table-shaped ornaments, there's a message written on every single one of them about how God showed up as a table, at a table, as we shared tables together. Right, so God showed up in that process. We tracked that, and, and we get to see the evidence of that here. And, and good news, by the end of August, we had shared 83 out tables and 138 in tables. Right? We met the goal that we set, and we reinforced these values of hospitality and transformation and relationship. So be aware that as we continue talking through this timeline and looking into the future, sharing tables is going to be a chief piece of how we function and how we get there. It's going to be core to how we do that. So then September 2022, the elders came to the congregation and said, as we have been praying and discovering and reinforcing these values, 
we need a new name. That's what we said in September of 2022. We came to you and we said we need a new name. Our five elders presented the idea of a new name and new identity. Why? Number one, we believe God had led us there through a season of prayer and discovery. First and foremost, we didn't get there without God getting us there, right? We believe that God actually led us to this conclusion. Number two, but one of the significant problems we have that we were struggling to grasp vision as a church and we needed powerful imagery and powerful language that would help us to coalesce around vision together as a church. And the third thing is that we believe, we believe that an identity change could actually help to keep vision in front of us for why we exist and what we hope to accomplish, to help us as a church clarify what we are about. So we said, well, we're going to step into a name change together. And that name change is primarily for us. It's for, to help us understand what it is that we're trying to accomplish. So what did we do? Well, we took those values of hospitality and relationships and transformation, and we developed them into a focus, right? We put this in front of you on that day in September 2022. We said, we will let Jesus transform us into hospitable people, who build deep relationships with others and invite them into transformational relationship with Jesus. We're going all in on that. Like that, all all our chips are in that basket. Like everything that we're doing is oriented towards that. If we can accomplish that, we will accomplish something very good. So what we did is we said, We're going to let that focus help us gather names. So uh, we went to the congregation. We went to all of you. We said, said, hey, could you give us some ideas for names that would help us orient towards that focus? And and, and so then what the elders did is over a couple of months, we processed those names. We distilled some ideas. We came up uh, with four different names and names. with those four names that we presented to you, we went into a season of then gathering more feedback, of saying, how do you respond to these? But then we did feedback both internally and externally. We looked both directions to kind of understand uh, how do people outside of the church understand this, respond to this? How do people inside of the church understand this? So today, I get the privilege of presenting our new identity to you And as I prepare to do that, we are going to open up scripture together. So 2 Corinthians 5, 14. It says this. It says, For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all. Therefore, all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. The Apostle Paul is writing these words to the Corinthian church on behalf of himself and Timothy specifically, but his other ministry partners more generally. Because what has happened in the Corinthian church, some folks have come along and said, you know what, we don't really like what that Paul has done and said to you. We think he has some false motives. We don't think he's a very good, uh, of very good character. And so they're calling his character into question. And Paul is now having to defend himself to the people in this church. And so in the middle of his defense, he says, can I tell you why we've been doing what we've been doing? Can I share with you the why behind our ministry with you, Corinthians? He says, this is why we came to you, and this is what we're trying to accomplish. He says, the love of Christ controls us. Right? The reason that we have ministered to you is because Jesus loves you and taught us to love you, right? And 
And where does that love come from? Well, then he speaks the gospel to them. He, he explains where that love comes from, where it, how it is generated. Christ came to die for us. His death revealed something to us, that we, in fact, were already dead. Timothy and I, dead in our sins. We were hopeless. But he died to bring us life. And now that we're alive, our lives are not ours, but they're his. They're for him because he died and was raised for us. So, so Paul, essentially, he's, he's saying, asking, why did we come to you? Because at one point, we were dead and broken and hopeless. But Jesus' love changed us and caused us to live for him in two key ways that we see in verse 16. Verse 16 says, From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded, regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Why did we come to you? The love of Christ controls us. Not our flesh. It's not our flesh that controls us. It's not our selfish motivation. The love of Christ, right? So in other words, there are two key changes that the love of Christ is creating in us. We used to see things one way, but now the love of Christ is seeing, helping us see things a different way. The love of Christ is changing the way we act towards people, the way that we regard people. We used to regard them according to the flesh, but now he's changing us in two key ways. He is teaching us to love you. We don't regard you according to the flesh. We regard you according to his love. His love has led us to you, to spending time with you, to getting to know you, to investing in you, to ministering to you, to giving the gospel to you. And the second change is that he is teaching us to love him. Right? We, we used to regard Christ according to the flesh. We don't regard him that way any longer. His love has taught us to love him. Right, so, so we have a word from our values that actually fits really well here. Do you know what that word is? That word is relationships. It highlights the relational nature of the gospel, how the gospel drives us into relationship. Jesus has changed the way that we relate to people. We came to you, not from selfish motivation, right, but because his love has changed us and given us a love for you. All right, so then he goes on in 2 Corinthians 5.17 and says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Paul says, as I talk to you about the change that we have experienced in how we regard people, you should understand this because this change is not just a change that Timothy and I have experienced. This is not just a change that is available to only us. Any of you who have believed in Jesus, you have the very same thing that we have. New life. It's not just for us. It's for all who believe in Jesus. We were all dead and those who trust in him have been brought to life, new creations, a new identity. Whatever was true of you before is not what is most true about you now. The old has passed and the new has come. This is remarkably good news. I am not defined by my failure. Y'all, I have a lot of failure. I have a lot of ways that I mess up. Just get to know me a little bit and you'll figure it out. But I am not defined by my failure. His blood pleads my innocence. Because I believe in Jesus, I am a new creation. 
because I believe in Jesus, something new has started. So if you are a believer in Jesus this morning, hear me on this. You are a story God is writing about Jesus making things new. You are a story God is writing about Jesus making things new things new. That is your identity. You are a new creation. You are a story. God is kind of projecting his promise of newness through you. You are a story God is writing about Jesus making things new. We have a word from our values that relates to this. Transformation. So then uh, in verse 18, Paul goes on. All this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Paul says, uh, you know, we've been changed by Jesus to actually truly love Jesus and love others. And this change, all of us, for all of us who believe, all of us who have been made new creations, this change is not just for us, right? It's, it's for everyone who believes in Jesus. This change, it gave us a ministry. So when he's talking about ministry, again, he's not just talking about his and Timothy's ministry. He is talking about the ministry that every person in Christ has. All of us who believe in Jesus, we have the ministry of reconciliation. This is a job that belongs to all of us, a responsibility that we're given to participate in. So verse 19, he says, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and then entrusting to all of us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Can I ask you a question? What do ambassadors do? Let's, let's talk about what ambassadors do for a little bit. They represent their nation, right? They, uh, th that's kind of how we think of them, right? Ambassadors are sent to other countries to represent their nation. And that's kind of the simplistic definition. We need to ask how they represent their nation. They engage in actions of hospitality. Ambassadors have to learn what it looks like to be hospitable. What do they do? They bring gifts from their nation to other nations. They bring gifts with them to the people of those nations, to the leaders of those nations. What else do they do? They learn the language of the nations that they go to. They, they, they learn how the people speak. They learn how the people think. How else are they hospitable? They seek to find common ground with the people of those other nations, right? To see the places from which they will be able to most effectively relate to them. What else do they do to be hospitable? They serve. They go as servants of the kings of those nations. In fact, what you would often see probably is an ambassador coming and bowing low, being very humble, getting on a knee to say, I am here to serve you to the king that they have come to. What else do ambassadors do to be hospitable? They share meals together. In fact, you might often see an ambassador come for several days just to enjoy relationship and eat and share meals before they actually give the king their request. Why do they do all of this? So that they might gain a hearing of the nation that they are going to for the thing that they represent. The same is true of us. We have been changed 
And now we, all of us, are ambassadors, right? This highlights our third value, hospitality. As those who Jesus has changed, we learn to love our neighbors, to serve them, to learn their language, to find common ground, to share meals with them so that we might find an opportunity for God to make his appeal to them through us. In our behavior, we treat them as if they are more important than we are. In our words, we carry with us the message of reconciliation. We open up our tables, we pay attention, we listen, we share our story. So this is what Paul has done. He has articulated the why behind his ministry effort. He says, we have been changed. That's transformation, right? We have been changed, transformation. To love you, relationships, because we are ambassadors, hospitality. In different words, like Paul just articulated the vision that we've been articulating together here as a church and trying to figure out what God is leading us into. He's used different words, but it's essentially the same thing. We have been changed to love people because we are ambassadors. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to describe for us first how we as a church will begin to articulate this vision, and then I'm going to let that lead us into the name change. So let me share our new vision with you. So in order to make things simple and memorable, we believe that fewer words are better. We have three words. This vision is three words long. It's pretty easy to remember, hopefully very memorable. Second thing, just to be aware of as I articulate this new vision, I cannot, because we don't want to be here for two hours, I cannot fully explain it today. But we will be talking about it a lot, like over the next few months, over, uh, over the next few years, hopefully for a long time, right? So, so I'm not going to explain everything there is to understand about this vision today. I'm going to introduce it to us. So we have three words. The first word is bless. Now, we know what it means to bless. We've talked about the meaning of blessing, but this uh, way that we're using this word is unique because this is an acronym for us. And this acronym tells us what it looks like for us to be hospitable ambassadors in the time and place that we live. So for what it's worth, this acronym, BLESS, it is a tool that, that we're currently using at the leadership level to help us hold one another accountable for the relationships that we're building with other people and trying to invite them to Jesus. So this morning, I'm going to describe each letter of BLESS, but I want to tell you as I describe the letters, don't feel obligated to memorize it or figure it out because we're going to be talking about it a lot more as we move into the future. So here is what BLESS means, a, a tool to help us understand what it looks like for us to be hospitable ambassadors. B, begin with prayer. Pray for those that you are trying to reach. L, listen. Learn how to understand the heart of the people that you're getting to know. Listen to them. Ask good questions. E, eat. Share tables, right? Share tables with them. Open up space for them. Open up your life. Eat together. Create intentional space for relationship and conversation. S, serve them. Right? Go out of your way to, to invest in their lives, to get to know their families, and to actually do things that are measurably good for them. And then 
the last S's story. Share your story with them. Find opportunity for God to gain a chance to, 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 to appeal to them through you. Okay, so that's the first B, bless. The second B, belong. This emphasizes relationships. It is to say we have a new family now. We regard no one according to the flesh. We belong to each other. We serve together. We worship together. We eat together. We laugh together. We practice communion together, reminding us of the thing that holds us together and keeps us together. We mourn together. We long for other people to be a part of this thing that we do called family together. Belong. And then finally, become. And that is simply the reminder that you are a story that God is writing about Jesus making things new, right? Become the story that he's writing. All of what Paul said was about this. How does this story that God is writing about Jesus making things new, how does it get put on display? How can we show the world that dead things don't have to stay dead? How can we tell the story of a God who is making things new? How can we be the invitation to other people into a new work that God is doing? It starts with our death and agreeing with him that he is our only source of life, finding our identity in him. But then, as we find our identity in him, we start as new creations constantly being renewed. And we become the story that God is writing about Jesus making things new a story that gets put on display to other people. So bless, belong, become. That is our new vision. If you don't remember it tomorrow, that's okay, because like I said, we're going to be talking about it. Uh, So all of this, bless, belong, become, all of these words that I've said, it's all ultimately oriented towards one thing, that you are a story God is writing about Jesus making things new. Church, by God's grace, we, your elders, believe that we are a story God is writing about Jesus making things new. That this is not just about us as individuals, but but that what God is doing here amongst us, we are a story that God is writing about Jesus making things new. So I've shared now with you, that's how we'll articulate the vision of our new identity. Now it's time for me to tell you our new name. With that in mind, that we are a story God is writing about Jesus making things new. So our new name. I I have to do uh, what is called throat clearing a little bit here. I just have to clarify a few things before I get into uh, presenting the name to you. So, So some initial comments. First of all, the feedback process that we engaged in as we both asked for ideas about names, but then also uh, presented names to you to receive your feedback, that feedback process was incredibly helpful to us because if you would have asked me before we did the feedback process what our new name would be, I would have told you that our new name was going to be The Table, and that would have been a terrible idea, right? So, okay, we all understand that, right? So the feedback process has been incredibly helpful to us, right? Our elders all held vastly different perspectives on how we ought to approach this. 
and, and what our new name ought to be. And so your feedback was necessary to help us hear where God is leading us. So that's the first thing I want to tell you. The second thing I want to tell you is I actually, I want to talk, before talking about what is new, I want to actually address what we're losing. It's important to address as we go through changes the things that we're losing. So what are we losing from our name? We're losing two things from our name. We're losing alliance and we're losing Bible. I want you to know that like we see those of you, you are seen, those of you who feel the weight of losing each of these words. Right, because those things, are, alliance is our denomination, right? Those things, the word of God, our denomination of the word of God, they will continue to be a vital and necessary part of how we continue moving into the future. But we also recognize that they are a means to an end. So what they do is that they tell us the what and the how of our identity, so, so Alliance, it tells us what movement we're a part of. This worldwide family that we participate in, that we are actually have our attention focused, not just on what's happening here in our community, in our context, but what's going on around the world and how we participate in sending missionaries to those least reached places in the world. That is core to our identity. We'll continue to be core to our identity. That's what we're saying when we say we're an Alliance church. Bible the thing that actually accomplishes the very transformation that we long to see, it is God's word. It's the what that gets the work done. God's word is what changes us. So I want to acknowledge that loss. I want to let you know that the elders acknowledge that loss. But we are willing to endure the loss because our new name focuses us on the why of our identity why we will continue to wholeheartedly participate in the Alliance family, why we will never forsake God's word as being our chief and final authority. So our new name seeks to place our attention on the why instead of the what and the how. So the, the third kind of initial comment that I need to make before I tell you this name is I want to tell you what didn't end up in the name because there were some ideas presented that uh, had some traction and I, I, we, we considered them, but I want you to understand why these words didn't end up in the name. So the first thing I want to tell you is that the word community did not end up in the name. So we are not calling ourselves something community church and there's a reason for that. The reason is we wanted to favor simplicity. Simplicity was actually really important to us. That during uh, the feedback process, the second is that during the feedback process, we, we, we got internal and external feedback that actually helped us to say that there's a wide array of viewpoints on what that, com that word community means and how it translates to certain people. Right, so people just see it in vastly different ways. And, and the third reason is that we believe it could have created some impressions that would have been unhelpful to us. And so in opting for simplicity, we chose not to include the word community in our name. A second word that didn't end up in the name is the word hope. And the reason the word hope did not end up in the name is because that we, we believe it was more important that the name convey an impression of hope than to actually say the word hope, to say this is what hope looks like. So, all right. That's what is called throat clearing. I've now clarified all the things that I need to clarify before I actually tell you the name. Church, we are a story that God is writing about Jesus making things new. 
So to constantly remind us of what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do, and the part that we have to play in that. Our new name will be Renovation Church. Our new name will be Renovation Church. The word renovation brings up to some ideas of a contractor going into an old house, breaking down walls, but building something new, implementing a vision of newness in that place. To some people, that word conjures up ideas of uh, something old, uh, something uh, that is broken, being remade into something brand new. So that's the imagery, which actually does speak a little bit of how Jesus brings about newness in us, right? He shows us where we have to die so that his new life can come about inside of us. But the word renovation itself is actually a Latin word that literally means to make new. So when we came in March of 2021, we were saying that what needed to be display, on display among us here at this church is that among us, lives would be made new by Jesus. We want people to see that Jesus makes lives new. That among us would be people who are coming to faith in Jesus for the first time. That among us would be evidence of physical and mental and emotional and spiritual health increasing because he does new works inside of people. That among us, abundant life would be observable. So the name that we will call ourselves to focus our attention on this is Renovation Church. Now, I want to tell you, um, I, I don't love when people said, this is what God wants, and then they tell you their opinion. But I'm going to tell you, I'm 98% certain that this is what God wants, and let me explain to you why. Um, so, uh, so uh, there were two key meetings that our elders had that I personally invested tons of prayer in because I did not see before we went into those meetings how we were going to come out the other side of them and be on the same page. I didn't see it. When I say that we had vastly different opinions and perspectives, we did not come to this from a place of agreement about what our identity should be. So I poured prayer. There were two particular meetings that I poured prayer into because I knew that we did not all share the perspectives on what we thought our name should be or how we ought to articulate the vision. And both of those meetings, from where I sit, from the spot that I sit in, I'm going to tell you that both of those meetings were miraculous. The way that people changed in the two days leading up to the meeting without any conversation, perspectives being changed, it was clear that in both of those meetings, the Holy Spirit had done work ahead of us so that when we got to the meeting, what I thought we would be spending hours deliberating on took about 10 minutes each time that we did it to come to agreement on. I believe that the Holy Spirit has led our elders to these conclusions. So church, 
your elders believe that God has given us the name Renovation Church to keep in front of us that we are a story that God is writing about Jesus making things new. So what? So what? Number one, we will still be Alliance Bible Church until Sunday, April 2nd. So uh, Sunday, April 2nd is Palm Sunday. If you will remember back to me, back with me, Palm Sunday of 2021, after the elders had presented the reality that we cannot stay the same, we, uh, several people who have been a part of this church for a long time, brought a wooden cross into the sanctuary, walked it in together, and we all, as that cross was prepared to go up on that wall, we're acknowledging something together. That if we are going to be different, it means that all of us have to be willing to die. To become something different, we have to be willing to die. And so, to both hearken back to that, because that was Palm Sunday of 2021, and to say, we are stepping out now in this new direction on Palm Sunday of 2023, will be our first significant step into that newness. So, so we'll be communicating with you more as the day approaches. We'll be talking uh, to clarify our vision more. Uh, we will be getting t-shirt orders for what it's worth. Uh, also, you know, we're gonna, there are many details to resolve in this area. We're going to do everything that we need to do to fully prepare to relaunch under our new name on Palm Sunday 2023. So that's the first thing. The second thing. Is prayer and financial support. So first of all, I want to uh, ask you to pray because there are just, um, I don't know that there's any single project that we've done in my time here uh, that has just had more sheer details and work that has, had, that has to get done uh, in a period of time. And so I would say uh, if you could just be in prayer that those details would be covered. We have a, a, a team, a leadership team that is working on divvying up responsibilities and tackling this. I want to let you know that. But there's just a lot to get done. And so uh, pray also that these changes would not just be logistical and cosmetic, but that they would be renovations of our own hearts as we step into what's next. So this is, uh, so, so as I say that, I want to also say this is a special project for us as we think about how we organize things financially, meaning this is not going to be in our annual budget, it's going to be above and beyond our annual budget. It costs us money to change a name and to develop the items necessary to organize us under that new name. So this includes printed materials, it includes new signage, it includes changing our website, it includes promotion, it includes all of that stuff, right? So in order to pull this off, we actually need to raise a special offering of $5,000. And so I would invite you to be prayerful about how you can give toward that end. That's the second so what. The third so what is this. Who we have been still matters greatly for who we will become. Um, 2023 is the 30th, or sorry, the 40th anniversary of Alliance Bible Church being planted in Bartlett. This church has been around for 40 years, investing in gospel witness in this community. The weekend of March 24th through the 26th, which is the weekend before we launch under the new name, we are going to have a celebration of 
Alliance Bible Church. We are going to remember our history together to celebrate the work that God has done through this church, the amazing things that God has accomplished, the faithfulness of the people who have gone before us. Because if I can be honest with you, we don't get into the future without standing on the shoulders of those who have gone before us. And so we're going to remember and celebrate and honor who we have been over the years and those who have gone before us as we begin to take steps into the future. So church, with all of that being said, I'm going to pray and then we are going to enjoy a time of communion together. So would you pray with me, please? God, first I want to thank you for the way that you have generously led us and guided us through this process. Lord, we come to you recognizing that we continue to need you as we take steps into the future. Lord, I pray for the hearts of the people of this church that we would be those who increasingly display the reality that you make things new. That we are a story written to this world about the newness that you are wanting to work. Lord, and that you would make inside of us the changes that you desire to make. That we might compellingly present to people the welcome that you are extending to them. That, that we might become uh, hospitable ambassadors so that you might make your appeal